0: Benny what up man what up man nothing much dude how you doing good man good to have you on the show man yeah
1: I appreciate it bro
0: but uh been a been a long time since uh we've been um planning this but about time so um once again appreciate you coming on the show man um we'll just get right into it so awesome bro um I I always wanted to have you on the show man because uh the first one I listened to was uh episode 1 it was uh recruiting duty and then mm-hmm. after that I remember I was listening to that one man I was I just got back from the gym and I listened and I was like holy fuck dude so it's like we're not the only people who think about this shit fucking day <laughs> in and out and so when I listened to I think your best one so far was um best coaches and terrible players yeah that has
1: the that actually has the um the uh that has the most views right now it has 200 views and that's the one that's gotten the most and i'm actually uh I was just talking to him today uh my boy Stan we're actually yeah. going to do another episode cuz i think with that episode we both just kind of we just kind of you know we kind of grooved um really well together and you know like i wasn't overbearing and he wasn't overbearing and i think we kind of just you know we we went well with what was intended mm-hmm. um and uh you know and i had a lot of people reach out um i only had one person who uh kind of reached out a little disgruntled um Are and it serious? was yeah, oh yeah 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 someone uh, reached oh, out and, and but the funny thing was they didn't reach out to me they reached out to somebody else mm. and then they and and i was just like and and it was just like the whole purpose of my podcast man especially like the recruiting duty episodes aren't they're not too, which is why now every episode I have about recruiting duty, I make sure that I literally started off with words like, "I am not an eighty four twelve, I'm not saying anything about doctrine. I'm just giving you my opinion as a person as a man who was on recruiting duty, because you know some some people just take it to high and to the left, and and the funny thing to me is that if you take anything that I say in 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 a, in a As if I'm bashing you, then in my thought process, that means that you just feel like you just feel like I'm bashing you because a lot of what I'm talking about wasn't one particular person. It was just a lot of people I was surrounded by. So like when I a lot of the statement, a lot of the statements that I made were just blanket statements about and not even all about 12s. It was just about people who are in leadership positions across the world. It doesn't have to be Marine Corps recruiting. It's, It's literally even my current job. You know, any any job you have leaders and in, in any sales force or any job, period, there's good and there's bad. And the problem that you have is nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about, you know, the, the everyday struggles of being either a civilian and or being, you know, a, a military member. So that's really what I was trying to, you know, focus on in, in those episodes and really every episode that I have so far. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it's funny that you said that, too, because it's something that I think about constantly is. Nobody really knows the the kind of that that dark like area where the bad things live on recruiting duty. All I hear is just kind of the stories of people who were on recruiting duty that go to the fleet, and you know they tell like subordinates or people who got hissed or whatever. Like, oh, you're gonna hate your fucking life. Yeah, well, what's it's the- funny.
1: It's funny that you say that because I was actually I didn't drop it yet, but I actually had a two out tonight. Um, with this dude and it just bro went on and on. and But it was it was one of those conversations where like it didn't matter that I didn't realize it was two hours until it was two hours. And um, so it was it was just insane because we just and, and a lot of the people that I'm interviewing are people that I've never met like me and you. We've never met. And we're literally yeah. two people who just you know, you heard my podcast and then you reached out and now here we are. And that, to me, is one of the many reasons why I love the Marine Corps. Um, But that's what I'm trying to do, man, is is talk about those dark places. Because people don't understand that, you know, especially, like, one of my wife's friends, um, she started listening to the podcast. And she was like, yo, I never realized that, like, because she realized that, like, she didn't see me for four years. And Mm -hmm. because I never picked up my kids for school. I never dropped my kids off for school. So it was, you know, I was just, it was like, I wasn't even alive in my own home. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast is because just because like, like me and my boy with this dude I was talking to last night, he was a recruiter in Chicago um, Mm -hmm. and we were just talking about it. And it was just like, you know, you go out on this duty and you, there's just so much going on and no one talks about it. And, and then you, you get off the duty. And, and this is where people get pissed off at me, right? Because I personally, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to say anything, like, degrading. But, like, the thing that pisses me off is that people talk so highly of being leaders, right? You're like, oh, I'm a great leader. Oh, my bro, God. Bro, bro. Yeah. The
0: leader all the bro, time.
1: Bro, bro. And it's like, but you know what's funny, though? You, you, you went on a B-billet, which is supposed to help your career. And then you come back to the Fleet Marine Force, and then there's this dude. Who's going on recruiting duty and all you say to him, because he sees that you, he sees your ribbon when you checked in and he's like, Hey man, you know what? I, I just got hissed and I'm about to go out there. And he's like, So you got any advice? And he's just like, Yeah, you're gonna hate your life for the next three years, just get over it. And it's like, bro, your your job as a staff NCO or a senior Marine is to lead Marines, not to put a negative thought in their mind from the jump. Mm-hmm. Now, why not actually tell them about – because this not – everything – now, th- not everything is horrible. you know. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy was like, listen, bro, sometimes you just got to smell the roses. He's like, just stop and smell the roses because it could be worse. And that's the thing about it, man, is that – and that's also why I started my podcast because I wanted people to come out here and tell their stories because even though you think you had it the worst – you end up finding out that somebody else had it even worse than you. Just,
2: like yeah, like, when, was I, so like when I
1: was on that episode with my boy, Ray, like when people didn't know. There was people in my command and people in the state of New Jersey that did not know that this dude suffered two strokes on the street. People yeah, had let me, no idea.
0: Let me, let me stop right there, man, because I was listening to that one too. And yeah. when he said that he had a stroke, so... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take away from your podcast at all because your podcast yeah, yeah, is like it, your yet. podcast inspired me to have you on the show because this is what I wanted to talk about uh-huh. because this is shit a lot of people overlook and a lot of these you know and like I like we talked about earlier like this is not to degrade the eighty four twelve community no. this is not to degrade any recruiters okay you. You make your 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 you make your three years out on that duty if you're short toward or if you get off with good marks like myself or whatever it is. Yeah. But a lot of people undermine this, you know, because we have these unrealistic expectations of, oh, you should be going on doing this. Well, it was like, okay, well, what about the mental health issue? Let's talk about that. And when when I when I heard him talk about like a stroke, I was like, dude, that's fucking crazy, man. Because I remember, right? It was my boss, myself and another recruiter okay Mm -hmm. we're a standard we were mission with the seven but we had we had we had an eight to cover down on because a discharge Mm -hmm. and right we were standard we were gap two sectors Mm -hmm. we were gap two sectors so you know just imagine myself and another recruiter just the only ones on production with my boss who's 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 new but the thing about this guy was that he Straight up fucking just said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to just fucking, we're going to, we got to make shit happen. So we literally had to make shit happen. And just that we worked so much and we worked so fucking hard that we forgot to take care of ourselves mentally. And it affected me in the ugliest way possible. There was a time where I had a kid drop on deck because I did, we, we did not miss mission for the longest time. I think we're like seven months where we were like that. We're gap two Mm -hmm. sectors and we were just struggling to Mm -hmm. just make ends meet, but we still did it. Yeah. But there was a day where when I when I got that news I remember feeling like just tingling on like around my eye. I got like this tingling and then the vision was dude my the vision in my right eye was going like was weird. It was it wasn't black but it was like dimming and then I just remember feeling super um super like shaky and I remember I went outside and I was trying I was trying not to vomit because I was just so anxious. And all yeah. this anxiety and then just feeling tingling in my right hand. So I was like, dude, I hope I'm not getting a fucking stroke. Which I was not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, luckily I was good because I had to sit, I, I went outside, I had to fucking breathe and you know, did do, do everything that my fucking mm-hmm. therapist was telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Holy fuck, man, like this is bad. And when I when I heard that, I was like, it's good to know that I was not the only one who dealt with that. Because I feel like a lot of people are good at suppressing that. But hearing that helped me because I know it's like, OK, I'm not like a bitch or anything like that. My body, <laughs> yeah. it, my body's not a bitch. Other people have gone through worse, like stroke, you know, yeah. severe alcoholism, at worst case, suicide. Yeah. yeah. And that shit, when when I heard that, man, I stopped what I was doing. I was at the gym when I was listening to that podcast, dude. I stopped. I was like, fuck. Which is, which is absolutely crazy, man. So hearing that was like, OK, all right. Yeah it could yeah, have could, been worse
1: and that's the thing man is that, and that's
0: why i share that's why i really wanted to share his story
1: was because he was just somebody who even after that stroke bro even dude he was one of he literally one of he's literally my best friend like him and my boy mo two of them literally that i don't have friends that are better than them um and even now that he PCS and and he still calls me like probably every day, right? He FaceTimes me every day. And um, it, it's just funny because the reason why I, I really wanted to do it was because, like, you know, I, I'm not going to say that his stroke was my fault. Do I think that me and my boss at the time, because I was his A gunner, do I think that, do I think that me and my boss kind of maybe aided in it? Uh, you know, now looking back, maybe. But like you know, the dude, bro, his his diet's terrible. He smokes like so, three packs of cigarettes a day. He drinks Mountain Dew all day. He I've never seen the man drink water. Um oh. But but me and my boy, my my boss at the time, bro, we would just get at him, man. And 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 the thing that sucked about it is is that, and that's another thing for anybody who's a leader who's being a staff and CSE out there, you got to remember that whatever you're teaching your Marines. Whether it's right or wrong, they look to you for guidance. So you exactly. may be doing something, right? And and they say things like, oh, I'll never do that. But then because they watched you do it for so long, they feel like it's the right thing to do. So yep. so I ended up, in not not fully, but in part, in parts, I became my boss. And I say that because like my boss would come out of the office and he would hit my boy's name's Durkee. And my boy, mm-hmm. he, would fuck, he would fuck up a TC or whatever it is. And my boss would just come out and be like, turkey! He'd be like, turkey! He'd be like, what the fuck? And he'd start slamming the table. And he'd start doing all this stuff. And it's like, now looking back at that, it's like, bro, what did that do for him besides get him uptight, besides get him anxious? Instead mm-hmm. of you just talking him through the phone call and saying, okay, hey, man, this is what you did wrong. This is what you did well you know you should have done this you could have done this you know using that MC4 that coaching and counseling but my boss never did that you know and um and then i ended up doing that a lot too i used to bug out on on my man like and, and again like me and him we talked about it in the episode like me and him would get into heated arguments and then even to the point where like me and him like i, I ended up becoming his boss um and i hadn't seen him for a year uh, like we i had me and my best friend had a had a falling out um during the duty and then for a year i didn't talk to this dude and i had switched offices so for like six seven months i didn't see or talk to Durkey. i didn't see him because i was just so busy being a staff and co two hours away so we just and they were and they were failing they missed mission for 10 months straight so like they you know and so they were just not doing well and um I didn't know when I came back to be the boss of that station. I didn't know that he was suffering from, and this is after he had a stroke. I didn't know that he was suffering from panic attacks and anxiety attacks. I had no idea. And then I witnessed it happened in front of me. And it was like one of the scariest moments. I was like, I've never seen someone like have like literally to the point where he had to have a stress ball. And his whole body would shake, and he would, and it would happen from anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, and um, and it would go on for a long time, or like he, or like so, it was a lot, man. And but the thing was is that what the reason why I brought it up, you know, I'm glad you brought it up, is just because like, it, and it's something that I've always just kind of brought up to Marines, especially Marines on recruiting duty, is like, and he, he's the one who really engraved it in me as like. Bro, Marines are taught to never quit. Absolutely. Never quit. And then all of a sudden you come on recruiting duty and it becomes like an option. Like it becomes like you hear about it all the time. Like, oh, that dude quit. Oh, that dude quit. And it's like, wait, what? What? What do we on? Like, a, like on a basketball team or something? Like, or, I don't understand. Yeah. Like since when is this an option? Marine Corps has taught you from day one from boot camp that quitting is not an option and failing is not an option these aren't things that we, we you know we have as a point a or a point b like and now all of a sudden you come on recruiting duty and and you have you know the first thing that you get told when you walk in the office is you know hey man there's only two ways off the office duty successfully or quitting and it's like why did you even bring that into the room like why did that word even come into the vocabulary in this context and and it, so for him man like when i watched him go through all that stuff man and he could have, he could have left. He, you know, they had a seat format. at wounded warriors, like literally the Sergeant major and the CEO were like, Hey man, we got you. Like, and that was it. And, um, but like I said, man, a lot of people didn't know to the extent and, 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 it, and, it, but like you said, man, no one, it's not, I don't, I don't want to say no one cares about mental health, right. On recruiting duty, but mm-hmm. it's, it kind of feels that way, you know? And, and, and especially because like, you know, I have a friend of mine can't really go into context. Um, but he right now is working at headquarters because he was about to PCS um, and something happened and he's now under investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is that I, I know what happened only because he told me, right? He mm-hmm. felt like he could tell me. He came to me and was like, hey, man, this is what's going on. But you know what the most effed up part is, is that the whole rest of the state of New Jersey is, Is like immediately the thought is that dude quit, that dude quit, that dude quit. But you don't know. You have no idea what's going on in that dude's life. You have no idea what happened. And 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 it was you know I actually had you know another thing talking about the mental health, man. I had um, I remember I had a marine who called me up and um, called me, and he I was like a month into me being his boss, and um, he calls me up. And he called, he called me like 2 30 in the afternoon after I'm hitting him up. Hey, where you at? Hitting him up. Where you at? Hey, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? And he he just calls me and he's like, Stats aren't a quit. I'm fucking done. I'm done with this shit. I was just like, I was like, bro, for, at first I was like, bro, relax. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, nah, I'm fucking done. I quit this shit. And my ARI at the time was in the office. So he hears the phone call. He's like, what did he just say? He's like, I, see, I was like, he's, he said he quit, Gunny. He's like, oh, he quit? He's like, all right, fine. Tell that bitch to go to the fucking headquarters and talk to Masson and Sergeant Major. So I tell him, hey man, go see Sergeant Major and go see Masson. Dude goes down there to the headquarters, and then I don't hear from him for like an hour. All of a sudden, next thing you know, he walks back in the office and he's sitting at his desk. And he's making phone calls. So I pull him office, I, I pull him into my office. I close the door. I'm like, yo, what happened? He's like, they told me to stop being a fucking bitch and to just sit down and make TCs. And I was mm. like, that's it? I was like, that's the only conversation that happened? He's like, yeah, that's it. That's what happened. And I'm like, so instead of, and now mind you, these dudes never came out like the next day to do training with this dude side by side. They never, and that's the thing that really fucked me up. And I, and, I, and trust me, bro, like anything, and, I, and this is for anyone listening, like, Anything I say on this podcast, I've said to anybody, which is why I'm completely comfortable with saying it, because I don't give a hell who you are. I'm Mm going to tell you how I feel because it's fucked up. And that's the thing that's fucked up, man, is you look at these people, right? You have Marines who genuinely don't want to fail. You have Marines out there right now who truly want to be great. They want to not even great. They just want to be good. They just want to make it off the duty. They yep. just, you know, they, they want to really be Marines. They really want to do that shit. And the problem is, is that you have these 8412s who aren't doing their job. And now, mind you, here's my thing. I'm not, I listen, just before someone goes bugging out, right? I'm not saying at all that it's not my job as a staff at CYC to do that because no, we have seven duties and responsibilities. We have these things that we have to do. And one of them is training, right? Mm-hmm. But But the thing is, though, is that – and especially if you have a brand-new boss or someone who's only been doing it for seven or eight months, bro, that's why you have a 12 who's the Mm -hmm. subject matter expert. That's his job. So when you have a Marine who goes nine months, ten months a year, and he's not writing contracts, and then you go and you work into the dude's training log, and you're like – or you even ask the Marine, you're like, hey, bro, hey, let me ask you a question, man. What's going on, Cesar? Hey, when was the last time an eighty-four twelve with one of those cool gold tags – actually came out here and worked with you literally you will never or Boom. oh well he came he came out from our three-month eval he was there for a couple hours and then he told me i was
0: good and he left wait why or all he did was just uh digging your shit digging mccris yeah, pull up your like, numbers instead, and tell you yeah. to call your interview log and see yeah, what the fuck you like, can pull it's out like, it's bro, like bro why look, don't there's a bone in there
1: well yeah it's no. like bro like why not actually do this training or i have or there was people who were like oh hey man if anybody calls i left at five well no why don't you actually do the training with these guys like why don't you actually do what you're here to do because the funny thing is is that and this is something i've always said and you know is that if you have the if if you were in the fleet marine corps and and something happened with an accident right or you know, or you know, a training accident happened or something. What's the first thing they do? They go and they look back at the training. They're like, okay, did we train them on this? That's what happens, right? Then, mm-hmm. and, and here, same thing. If you start effing up, someone's gonna be like, oh, well, you got the training. That's why I always told my Marines, hey, make sure whatever you have that you, if you <clears throat> didn't receive that bitch, because mm-hmm. that's gonna fuck you in the ass later on when you start getting all this paperwork for not doing well. Because then you can argue the fact like, oh, they're going to they're going to they're going to try to kick you out of the Marine Corps or something because you're not doing well. Okay, well, you know what? Where's my training at, bro? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Where when when did you sit down with me and give me a counseling? When did you sit down with me and actually take me out area canvassing? Where I remember my three, my six, my nine one devals. Now, mind you, I wasn't garbage. I was a good recruiter. Right. I remember Mm -hmm. I remember no lie it was 9 months into my into my time being being on recruiting duty, right mhm and i had no idea that there was a 369 i i didn't even know that existed and then all of a sudden my this dude comes in the office and he's like hey man i'm here to do your nine month eval. i'm like so shouldn't there have like been something for like 8 months that like led up to this like wait what and he's like oh no nah, you don't need that bro you're good and i'm like okay but wouldn't i be like a thousand times better if i had that Like, it doesn't even make sense because I was good. You didn't think I needed more training. Like, because I could shoot really well at the 500-yard line, you know, and I'm trying to be a sniper, you just figured, oh, I could just figure it out myself later on. Like, you shouldn't do your job, which is to train me. Exactly. And that's the problem is that there's people out there who, like my boy, uh, my boy, Denicio. Dude, he literally, bro, he would come to me every morning, say, how do I do this? Say, how do I get better? Say, I want to be better. He literally, dude. As much as I, now mind you, did I hate the fact this dude couldn't find me a contract for ten months? Of course, I fucking hated it. But the thing that I never, the reason why I never gave up on, and bro, I tell you, bro, I had to tell, bro, I had to sit this dude, bro. I, I made wall charts for this dude. I made freaking, dude. I literally did everything in my power. And, and my thing is though, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because clearly I was doing something wrong. Some Mm -hmm. something wasn't connecting the dots. There was a dot or something that I was missing and I wasn't getting it to him right Yeah
0: and let me uh, so, I'll let you So so my let thing me, is So let my, me let me real quick let Yeah, yeah real of quick. course I'm sorry about that because Not I want to I want to I want to talk about that because this is that's very important that I want I, I wish a lot of people would understand too especially mm-hmm. when it comes to sitting in that boss's chair is if your recruiters are failing and they're consistently failing they are a direct reflection of you the first thing they're going to ask is why is your recruiter this you're gonna get mm-hmm. a phone call from Master yep. Guns, or you're gonna get a phone call from mm-hmm. the ARAs. Yeah, you, they're your fucking recruiters. You yep. need to fucking do this. You need to do that. I was like, okay, well, you're the fucking ARI,
1: bro. Mom, what that, are you that, gonna that, that's do? What I'm getting to. That's yeah, to. So so that's because... what I want to
0: bring up because my boss. No, you're so wrong. You're right. When, you're before I left so recruiting duty, example. Yeah, before I left recruiting duty, you know, things happen, right? I could genuinely say I was a good recruiter because I did my time and I worked my ass off. You know, I paid. A l- I paid for it. Physically, mentally, but hey, you know what? We do what we got to do with Marines at the end of the day. That's what we're talking yeah, of about. something I always yeah, live by. Yeah. But, you know, he did what he could. And he received a lot of backlash. He said, they told him shit like, you are unpassionate. You don't do your fucking job. You are a terrible fucking staff. Well, so let me ask you this. And this is something him and I would talk about because this man, I remember looking this man in the face and just seeing this distraught and just the negativity that wore off on him. Mm -hmm. because just how they would belittle him well it's Mm -hmm. like what are you doing to come down here and help him what are you doing to come down here instead of constantly saying negative shit at him and and, and belittling the guy what are you doing to help him yeah and there's nothing and it's
1: it's it's crazy that you bring that up because you know i really haven't shared this at all because it's i don't want people to think that i'm coming at a place of like pity or like i'm coming at people like oh like always me type shit. But it's crazy that you say this because so I, I so I was on the streets for two years and then I became a staff and CEO, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I went to an office and I, I for seven straight months I overcontracted and I overwrote. And then while this was going on, the place that I had left started to fail miserably. They they ended up literally as soon as I left, from that moment on, when uh. me and my boss ba- so I left and then my boss left. He went to go be the OSA. So when we when the two of us left, when we left the station, we were number two in the state. Like me and him literally were like, bro, like I left in June. Me and him literally, we didn't know we were leaving. It like abruptly happened. And the two of us were like, yo, we're going to be number one this year. Like we're going to we're going to kill it. Like we're going to be number one this year. And and the place I came from, I don't To my knowledge, has never been number one or if they were, it was like years ago. So we were like, me and my boss were like, yo, we're fucking, we're going to do this. Like we were going to do this. And then all of a sudden we both get moved. I get moved to go be a staff and CEO, and he gets moved to go to the OSA. So we move, whatever. I go to this place. I, I kill it for seven months. I overwrite, I over contract. Um, and then I find out, like I knew that they were failing, but I, uh, I, I don't know what happened to me. But I I had this overwhelming feeling. And I, so I was talking to my wife about it. My daughter, my wife was pregnant at the time with my daughter. And I was like, I was like, babe, I was like, I want to go take over Monmouth. And she was like, she was like, why? She's like, they're failing. They're they're writing twos a month, like missions of 10 and they got two. Like, why would you want to go back there? And oh I was God. like, well, well, number one, it's always been my dream to be the Because I was a poolie in Monmouth and then I was a recruiter in Monmouth. And then I was so and then I was an A gunner in Monmouth. So it's always been my dream to be the staff and COIC of Monmouth. Because I've known great people who were the staff and COICs there. Like Massar cool. Patriarchus. My boy Massar Diaz. Like I had some really influential people in my lifetime. And I was like bro. like I, I've learned so much from them. I know that I could kill it there. I know I could be a great staff and CO over there. I know I could bring them back. Mm-hmm. So I went up. So I called my master at the time, the RI, and I was like, hey, I was an like, OB. I, well, he, If I call him mastermind O'Brien now, nah, he's going to be pissed because he's freaking, he's out. So I'm going to just call him OB now that I can. Mm-hmm. So I, I called him up. I was like, yo, master. He was like, what's up? And it was like 1130 at night, like no lie. Yeah. And he always told me, he's like, listen, bro, you ever got to call me late, call me. And I called him. I was like, listen, master. I was like, you know, I don't know how you feel about this. I was like, but I want to go to fucking Monmouth. And he was like, Why? And I told him, I was like, because it, number one, has always been a dream of mine. And I was like, and I know that I can make it happen. I was like, right now, I know this dude over here is failing. They've missed mission for the past 10 months. And I was like, I'm telling you right now, Mass Aren, like, if you put me in Monmouth, I was like, I'm going to bring them back. Like, without a doubt, unequivocally. And immediately, the first thing he said was, well, bro, it's one of the hardest stations in New Jersey. He's like, and on top of that, you got to understand that typically they only put 12s there. And I was, and it's true. There was never a staff and CEO who wasn't a twelve there. And I was like, okay, but I was like, and I was like a master. And I'm telling you, I'm gonna fucking do it. So he was like, all right. He was like, let me have a conversation with the CEO. Blase, blase, blase. So they had this conversation, and like two, I think like two weeks go by. I don't hear nothing, and then all of a sudden I get a phone call, and no, I, I was at the gym. I was at the gym. It was six thirty in the morning. I was at the gym, mm-hmm. and um, kicking it at the gym, and uh, all of a sudden. The, the XO comes over to me. He's like, hey, the CEO wants to talk to you at this workout. I was like, okay. So the CEO comes up to me. He's like, hey, what's going on? Starts talking to me. He's like, hey, I made a decision. He goes, you're going to be the boss of Mama today. Nice. So I was like, wait. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, you're going to be boss of Mama today. I was like, oh, was money. Like, okay. I was like, okay. I, he was like, so go get your shit. He would say, at first, he was like, do you have anything going on? I was like, nah. He's like, all right. Don't, he was like, don't go get your shit. He's like, just in a couple of hours, When I tell you to just meet me over there and he's, I was like, okay. So he goes, he proceeds to, you know, do his thing with the old boss. And then he's, he called me. He's like, Hey, come in. So I go over there and half the office was my boys. Like I already knew them. I was a recruiter with them and shit. And then I had two new recruiters that I didn't know. And um, so I just start talking to them and they're, and they had, and they had no idea. Like they had no clue. Like until that morning at 8am, like the CEO called them and was like, Hey, Sasquatch Ben is coming to be your boss, and and it was like literally it would happen like that, like most firings do, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I ended up going there, and I ended up killing it for like ten months. And but the thing was is that in all the time that I was killing it, this dude that I took over for, he had compiled like 20-some-odd discharges. And so now I was still on the bag for the normal mission every month, and I was expected to take one to two discharges every month. So I ended up doing that, and finally, like, I think September hit. So I took over in January, my first mission letter, and I made mission all the way till September Mm -hmm. with taking all these discharges. By the time September rolled around, I missed mission for the first time ever. And... My boat all my and as soon as that happened, I was like, this dude's gunning for me. I was like, I'm I'm gonna get fired. I had that feeling in my head. I was like, I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get kicked off the duty, like my shit's gonna come to an end, like this shit's over. And um it was funny because like my the, and the reason why I brought all this up is because you know, the com after I left, there was rumors going around that I had caused my Marines to be toxic. And that the reason why my Marines were failing after I left was because I caused a toxic leadership with them. And if you ask any of my Marines, nah, I didn't have to tell them what was going on. They saw what was going on. They saw that, you know, this dude takes over an office that was failing for 10 months straight, then goes and makes mission for nine months. And then you don't do nothing about it. You don't provide him with more with extra training. This dude who's writing zeros for nine months, you don't provide him with extra training. So you expect this dude to keep writing for you and writing for you and writing for you. you and the dude doesn't go on leave for an entire year. But then as soon as he fucks up one time, you're like, all right, you chalk off the deuces. And and that was the thing was that if you looked at my training log as a staff NCO, it was like, bro, who who here? I was 10 minutes from the R.S who who's come to sit down with me? You know, now, mind you, my boy, O'Brien, he did, he did, he gave me a lot of, you know, he came through, he taught me a lot. But my thing was, is that like, who was helping my Marines when I wasn't? And again, like with my boy, with my boy, Demisio, like there was something that I was disconnecting, but no one was telling me. So if somebody was there to help give that extra training, even if it was once a week or, or whatever, like, Bro, if this, and and, and mind you, this dude was never even put on subpar training. Wow. And this dude went a whole year without writing a contract, and he was never put on subpar training. And it was like, so you're, so in turn, like, wow, what? There's Marines that are out there on the street that need help, but they're not even getting it. And what more do you want them to tell besides their APR?
0: Yeah, other than the APR, and then they put them on substandard performance. And all they do is like, well, you're going to come in Saturdays and Sundays for four Bro. hours and you're going to try to schedule appointment. That's it. Bro.
1: I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's crazy that that happened across the world where you're, where, where you were at, and it happens here. Bro. If you think that some dude who can't write contracts is going to come in on a Saturday, now suddenly, all of a sudden, he can suddenly do his job. No, motherfucker. Why don't we actually sit down with the dude and do some training? Why don't we try to figure something out? Because if you have all of these Marines in a room for 0-1 and training, what did that accomplish? Nothing. It didn't accomplish nothing. Or, like, dude, they were doing some crazy shit. When they started this one thing, bro, I was like, bro. And I would love to know you know, the, the reason behind it, because I would love to understand it. What they started doing was so they went from the zero and one training, right? Then all of a sudden they were like, nah, you know what we're gonna do? You have to set on set on this day. I think it was like you came in on Saturday and you couldn't leave. And the thing was is you had to set I think it was three appointments for Monday, two appointments for Tuesday, and one appointment for Wednesday. And and my thing is is that Again, in my four years of being on recruit, recruiting duty, and I'm not an 84-12, I haven't been out there for 20 years, but my thing is this, bro. When have you ever set an appointment with a dude on a Tuesday on a Saturday and he showed up? Yeah, exactly. Like, what? That's slim this, bro, n- slim if this to dude, none. If, bro, if this dude was coming in the office, he's coming in today. Yeah. Even even if you set an appointment on a Saturday by the time and you're rolling for Monday, it's like, bro. That's the. Is he really going to come, now? And I Mm -hmm. get it. You know, I gave him the whiff on this and the third, bro. It's reality, though. Things come up. Parents come up. Influencers come up. Like, bro, setting an appointment two days ahead is just crazy. Like, right now with my civilian job. I don't even do that in my civilian job. And people walk in the door. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm just like, bro. Like And and that's what it is, man, is instead of, like, you know, giving the... And that's the thing, you know, my, my confusion, right? So, you know, because we were talking about the mental health, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing I brought up to somebody is, like, what do you do, though? Because, like, and this is probably got to be going through their mind, right? Because if you look at, like, the Army, the Army has, like, the most beautiful, luxurious hours ever. Like, these dudes go to work at 8 a.m. and they can't be at work past a certain time. Fridays, they can't be at work past 5. Saturdays and Sundays, they're not even allowed in the office to work. But if you look at the product of what they're putting in, it's it's not there. And if you also put the, if you look at their work ethic, it's not there as well. It's not because I've, at least, I've my, seen at it, least my man. thought, yeah. like I, from what I've seen and from what I've heard. So like my thing is, is that like okay, I get it. So it's like you have to have a happy medium, but that's why yeah. I think, in my opinion, it comes from the staff. Like the staff in Shiohashi, Shiohashi, the staff in COSC should be given the opportunity to just lead his Marines the way he wants to lead them. And then if he's not if he's not making it, and but he should be able to be like, hey, you know what, guys? We're going to leave at this time. We're not going to come in tomorrow. And, of course, he has to be making the mission. He has to be making his shit. But as long as he's doing that, then why does anybody else care? Yep. You know, I don't know.
0: It's, it's, it's the beauty of the duty that a lot – I feel like that's very underlooked because you could be – so the way I thought about it, right, was mm-hmm. I used to bump head with, uh, I used to bump heads with my old boss because him and I were very stubborn. But at the end of the day, I had to tell myself like swallow the fucking pill. There's a reason he's sitting in that boss's chair, because he's gotten recruiter of the year, he's gotten recruited recruiter of the year, he has a fucking APR, and I was writing contracts, I was doing my part, mm-hmm. and what he would think was best, I'd be like, no, that doesn't even fucking sound right. But then I realized I just, it's just, and it's, it's there's so much po- politics in it, man, and the biggest thing i feel like is an issue is leadership. leadership revolves around i feel like if there was better leadership in recruiting duty, we would not be having such issues because what's the one thing we I, I wouldn't say we neglect, but is very undermined is um is mental health. What else is undermined is um it's it's definitely not quality of life because, you know, every recruiter determines their own quality of life. But mental health and leadership are the two most undermined Fucking things on this duty. And so, and it, it's just, I don't know.
1: So, to go with what you were saying, like, so quality of life, right? It's that's an argument in in and of itself, right? Because everybody wants to say, that's all I want. That's all I want. But it's it, what I've realized, and, and, and I've done a lot of these, I've done about like 10 episodes like dedicated to recruiting. And from so far, I've talked to people in Chicago, Florida. Um, and, and from what I'm realizing is that. Like you said, number one, the biggest thing is leadership. That's the biggest part is the leadership, like anywhere else. But a huge part of it is teamwork, mm-hmm. because you can't, you cannot have the good quality of life if you're not all working. Exactly. That's the, and that's the thing, man. And in every and in every office that I've been in, there was always that one dude who just didn't do shit. Yep, and 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 no matter. But now, mind you, though. It was, you know, and I had this conversation with somebody because of it, and I and I always and I used to pull my my I had three really good dudes, and I would pull them in the office, and I would talk about, you know, I would I would, you know, we I'd be like, so what are we gonna do with so and so? And it would always be the same thing. And but for me, when I was a recruiter, bro, if you weren't writing contracts, like I had a problem with you. Like you think we were gonna go out and smoke and joke and have drinks? No, you're not even welcome in my house, bro. I don't know you. If you're not, like, bro, I literally would just segregate you. I would just be like, nope, I don't know you. If you're not bringing shit to the table, if you're not bringing food to my to my meal, no, nah, you're not invited to my table. Mm-hmm. And and that was my mentality. And, and, and the reason why my mentality was that way is because I would try so hard to help you. I would go out with you. I would AC with you, TC with you, HV with you. I would help you do packages. I would go get PCs with you. I would do everything and anything to help you be better. But the moment and I would tell people this. I'd be like, "Listen, bro. The moment you fuck me over, I'm done. I don't. I'm not. All those things go away. And mm-hmm. or the moment that I realize you're just not taking it and you don't care. And that's why I ended up becoming. I, I would just do that. And it, and it also was like, well, because if you think about it, if you go, if you're in the fleet, and you know there's a marine who's not, you know, doing his job, and you got to hold his weight, then what's gonna happen? Oh, be a whole bum rush of marines who were going at him like, yo, what the hell are you doing? But for some reason, that's different here. Like, I I think it's a huge, I think a huge part of it is that we don't have, like, not not that we don't have it, but a huge thing is that it's lacking is peer-to-peer leadership. Yeah. It's just like, for whatever reason, it's like people forget that they're Marines when they're on recruiting duty, and they forget all these, you know, small unit leadership, peer-to-peer leadership. It's like they forget these things. So, like, so and it's kind of crazy because if you think about it, it's like, you know, the the recruiters are looking at the staff and I see, or looking at the command and saying, you know what, the reason why we hate our lives is because of you. But then if you look at the staff NCO and the leadership looking down, they're like, Bro, well, if you would just work, it wouldn't be like this. So it's literally just this vicious cycle because you feel like, okay, well, if I give these guys time off, then we're gonna be behind. Okay. So I can't give you guys time off. But and it's like and, and it's such a hard thing to battle and to do. But I, I think, and I don't know, man. It's just recruiting in and of itself, man, is just, yeah. it's an animal that, that'll never be tamed. And, and it's, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's just such a hard. And the thing too about recruiting duty is that there's so many different people in one office mm-hmm. and there's so many different, you know, attitudes and thoughts. And it's like, bro, what are we doing? Like, and that's what it is, man. I think, but but you know, so for me, like you were talking about dark times, bro. I, I don't remember, if I'm honest, bro. I don't really remember four years on recruiting duty. Um, I don't remember it because I was either drunk, um, or and it got to the point, man, where um, where I just wouldn't go home. You know, I would I would be at work all day. And then at like nine o'clock, my boss would just be like, Hey, who wants to go get drinks? And then we would all just go to the bar. And we would just sit at the bar for like an hour, two hours. And at the time my wife was either pregnant or she was with my son. And she would just sit at home with my kids like by herself while mm-hmm. I'm at the bar. But she think but I would just tell her I was working. And um Yeah, man, and it was it was bad, man. It was bad for a long time. Um But but the thing that that really I realized as time went on, was that you know I said that you know and everyone always says oh I ain't got time, you know when you talking about like the gym and shit and you talking about mental health you're like, oh I ain't got time to go to the gym. It's like okay you don't got time to go to the gym, but you got time to do other things that you shouldn't be doing. Exactly. <laughs> like how much time do you sit on your phone? How much time do you you know go out and smoke? How much time do you you know and the bullshit with the boys like? It's like, bro, you could fit in a twenty-minute gym session, and that's something like if you're on the streets right now or about to go on the streets, bro. Just give yourself that 20, 30 minutes. If you're a staff NCO, don't mandate it because when people are made to do something, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do but it. But if you, but if you tell them, like, hey, listen, man, I need you to, I need you to throw thirty minutes in your day for a workout, bro. At some point, I'm not telling you you have to. But I'm just telling you, 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 got, you got to do something, even if it's just going out and walking, bro. You need something to, to recover from the day, a little bit of mental health, never hurt nobody. But, like, it's the truth, man, because on that duty, man, it's, like, it's just more and more, you know. And it, and that's the thing is, if you're really good at your job, then all I say is, hey, man, what you got for next month? Hey, what you got for tomorrow? Hey, what you got? Even after you gave everything you had, they're still like, hey, what you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, no matter and, what. And, but it sucks because I've been that guy, you know. I've been the dude who... You know, it was a staff and CO, and we only needed one more to make it on deck. And and I was like, bro, you know what? Dude, I, I need you. I need you. I need you. But at the same time, I made sure I gave back to my Marines. Like, I used to just make, make deals with them. Like, hey, listen, man, if you give me this, I'm going to give you like two, three days off. Or I'm going to give you this, and you can use it whenever you want. And, you know, it, it's, it just sucks, man, because – And I think, you know, I, I haven't said this – Or actually, I haven't thought about it until just now, really – but I think a huge part of it is is that you have people out there who, who want to change the world, and this is not any business or any facet, right? There's people who really, want people who stay in the Marine Corps and they say the things like, you know what, just takes one person to change this, man. And then they really, they really try, they really try to change the training or they try to change the mental toughness or whatever it is. But then there's so many opposing people who are like, nah, bro, it's been like this forever. Just keep it that way. And, and all the times that I would have, I would say, Hey, we should do this. It would literally, those would be the words that I would say, bro, recruiting duty is what it is, man. It's going to be like that forever. Don't even worry about it. And it's like, but that's, that's the problem. Like, that's why, like the idea that people, I was talking to a master guns the other day and about it. um, It's just like, to me, it really, it truly bothers me. Like I, I get emotionally affected by it because I personally love the Marine Corps, like, to death. Like, literally, it's like, Same literally, here. bro, my son, bro, my, my son literally walks around my house. He's three years old, and my son literally takes my blues cover, puts it on his head, and says, Daddy, I'm Marine Corps. Like, my son, I didn't teach him that. My son just does that. And the reason why I even bring this up is because, like, when you have recruiters who are on the streets, and, and, and this is for you out there, right? Bro, if you don't like the Marine Corps and you don't like what you're doing, and you feel some type of way like you were screwed or you were shafted, then you're never going to be good on recruiting duty. The next oh. three years of your life are going to suck because you don't believe in what you're talking to these kids about. Don't you don't, and, and then you don't and, even belong and, and, in the core. Exactly, and and you don't believe in it yourself, and and it's just it's depressing because, you know, these leaders, these people who are up there, instead of you just riding your time out to get out of the rink Corps or to retire or whatever it is. Bro, instead of that, why don't you ask? Like you, well, you see that there's things going on, man. Like you, you have Marines who are getting into car crashes because they fell asleep on their freaking drive. You and they, and you have the the camera to prove it. You know, you you have Marines who are getting DUIs, who are getting who are getting um, divorced. You have all who people who are you know, God forbid, but it happens, suicide. So all of these things are going on, but no one's like, oh, you know what? Why don't we have all of them in in why not all the next hand all hands? We talk to them about what they think we should do and how we should change it. What are some of the things they need to do? Now we will going to talk about that. We'll just talk about this MC3 that hasn't changed and that we talk about every single month. Yep,
0: let's talk about like, attention gainers. Like, let's talk about yeah, like yeah. And now
1: like mind you, I'm not saying that we don't need that whatever. Like we do, and I get it. You got to have certain hours and whatever dedicated to whatever. I get it. The volume one, the volume three. I get that shit but the reality of it is is that we just don't talk about anything. It's like ah oh, it'll get better if we just don't talk about it. And it's like no. Like bro there's people who are literally like I remember years ago when I have when I when I was the Lance Corporal, dude, there was a guy who a sergeant who was on recruiting duty who literally just decided that it was better for him to drive his 350Z into a pole. Like he literally just drove his car into a pole because he was like oh well it's better for me it's better than me going back to MEPS tomorrow at 5 a.m. Like literally that was the point that he was at. Like when I was when I was a uh before I took a like I said at one point when I was a recruiter, there was a boss that I knew of that had these dudes working at 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, like oh, two in the morning. And then they were back at work at five a.m. Like, like what is that doing for you? And the craziest part was I had this dude's wife calling me. Dude's wife calling me. Yo, hey, yo, Bennett, are they supposed to be out there this late? No. Like, and, and to the point where it's like, oh, whatever. And it's like, bro, what are you accomplishing? If you're at work until 11 o'clock and you're still not making a mission and you went 10 months without making a mission, do you really think that maybe that's the point? Maybe you should be doing that. Like, mm-hmm. like what's going through your mind? And again, like you said, that's just loss of leadership. Like, bro, yep. if you're, you, bro, if you're doing shit like that, bro, like if you're still using micromanagement as your only tool in your toolbox, bro, then you there's an issue. You have an issue because what is it doing for you? it's you know it's just it's crazy man you gotta take care of yourself man you really do because by the time it's too far gone it's you, you you know and it sucks because you have people who say you know that saying like oh well it's just the job
0: yeah it's just the job and i and- get
1: and i get that but people don't especially like civilians like i bro the whole time i was on recruiting duty bro i don't know how many times people would be like Oh bro, it's just a job, bro. I it's, no this it's not just the job, bro. Like I can't just tell my gunny that I'm not gonna be at work tomorrow. Yeah. I can't just I can't just not show up. Like, no, it's not just the job, bro. Like like my sister, man, I would like she would try to I would try to explain to her, like, bro, four years on recruiting duty is I feel like you ever see do you watch the Avengers? Yeah. I feel like I was stuck in the con- in the time continuum. Like that's <laughs> that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm Scott and I'm just yeah. stuck in there and I have no idea how long I'm going to be in there. And it's like and that's the thing, bro, is like if 4 years on recruiting duty, yeah, it went so quick. And that little bro, I never thought about that. That that's literally what it is. It's this it's a fucking space-time co- continuum. It is. Because because it goes so quickly, but while you're
0: in it, you're just like, bro. You feel um, you almost you, feel lost. Like, this is bro, all you're you, surrounded by.
1: Bro, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And then and then even, like, well, I remember when my boys, like, when we would go, you know, I always made it a point to hang out with my office. Mm-hmm. On, like, Saturday nights, Friday nights, we would have our families together, and we would just chill and play board games and drink and shit. And the first thing my boy Mo would do is he would put a note on the door. So it said no talking about the office if you do you're leaving the other house so because we would we would all end up talking about work and then the families would be like bro why are we here then if you're all gonna just talk about work why are we here that's a good and, point and we would just get so consumed in it and then i would be like yo so what do you on a sun on a sunday night about like, yo so what do you have for tomorrow and my boy be like benny He's the one that, that coined Benny. He was he would just be like, Benny, why, why? Just stop. Just stop. He's like, Bro, I'll kick you out of my house right the fuck now. Just stop. And I'll be like, All right, bro, my bad, bro. And and that was the thing, man, is you're so surrounded by it. It's the only thing you're thinking about. You're on your phone, you're texting, you're calling, you're emailing, you're doing something. Then you got you are in the middle of a dinner with your family. It's your freaking kid's birthday and you got the CO calling, you get the, the sergeant major calling, someone's calling you to do something. You're on you're on leave and you can't even bro I remember I went on leave. For the first time, literally four years, never went on leave. I went on leave for the first time. And um, I didn't know what it was to not be at work. So I was literally calling MEPS at like 5 a.m., bro. It was 5 a.m. I was on leave, and I was up at 5 a.m. to call MEPS. And and my boy, my boy Mo, he got pissed at me because he was like, bro, I'm your fucking A-gunner. Let me do my job. Stop bothering me. I got it. And then I ended up calling Meps and my boy, this Gunny, he he ended up chewing my ass out. He was like, "Bennett, shut the fuck up, hang up the goddamn phone, and enjoy your leave with your fucking family, because you only got two days of this shit." He's like, "Just fucking leave it alone," and um, and I was like, "Nah, you're right." And uh, it, it just, bro, it takes it takes everything from you.
0: It, and, and, and yeah, and that's a it's a good point. I also want to talk about too is you get lost in the monotony. Because it's not just, you. You once you're done at work, you're done at work. You you have kids that, let's say if you send a DC, like, DC right? So like a digital communication, whatever, digital fucking whatever, right? Let's yeah. say you texted a kid, let's say on Instagram or something like that. The kid probably doesn't text you back until 11 p.m. at night. And he's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm actually interested. Or, hey, fuck off. And you're just like, holy shit, now I'm up at 11.30 fucking, you know, p.m. at night when I'm watching a movie with, you know, wife, girlfriend, whatever it may be and you're sitting there like, oh, why are you interested? You're packing this kid out, and it's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm fucking, Bro. you know, this is an appointment for, this is this is money, this is cash money right here. Yeah, you, know? yeah, I told you realize right now. that you could, you know, you realize that you could either let that shit wait for tomorrow, or you lose that kid to the fucking army, because these are the things that you worry about day in, day out, 25 mm-hmm. eight, twenty 8 I say 25-8 because no matter what you're doing, if you're out and about if you're, like you said if you're on leave you're fucking thinking about this shit yeah like do i have enough kids when you know you have enough kids but it's like do i really have enough kids saved up to save me for the rest uh, of yeah. the following month so you're not working in month do what do you have this lined up do you have that it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like finances but you know these kids aren't your money you don't and i wish people fucking saying this but you don't make commission off recruiting duty a contract is not worth the fucking amount of money it's a fucking bullshit if anybody fucking tells you that, don't fucking listen to them it's stupid, but and it, it's 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 almost as if you can't live the same anymore until you finally get that, oh hey, congratulations, you're off recruiting duty. and now you're just like, wow, and you, yeah. you almost forget about it like that that was it. and you're just like, that was it. like yeah, wow, all right. And then you think about it and you're just like, I wish I would have spent more time doing this. I wish I would have spent more time actually waking up fucking, you know, making time for the gym, making time for the family, making time for hobbies because you realize the the job is always going to be there. The job is always going to be there. You're you're always going to have.
1: Yeah. And that's what sucks, man, is because like you, and it's crazy because you say that because like when I was Lance Corporal, uh, before I, before I got on recruiting duty, as I was a late corporal corporal, I was always surrounded by recruiting duty. So I, I hung out with the recruiters and shit. And that's how I ended up getting on recruiting duty. But, you know, I always used to ask them, I'm like, yo, you're not from here. I'm like, you're in the tri-state area. Like, go to Manhattan, go do this. And they'd be like, bro, I don't have time. I would love to, but I don't have time to go see sites. And that's the reality of it is, is that you're, you're in a place where you may never go back. And yet you just spend three years in your A.O. Mm-hmm. Because you don't even have the time to go enjoy those things with your kids, or enjoy those things with yourself, and that, and I think a lot of it, man, it just comes down to just the culmination of like, it really is the that's just the lack of. I, th- I honestly, in my opinion, and it's something that bothers me to even say it, but I think it's just it's just a lack of work ethic from so many people.
0: It is because it is and because is true.
1: Because if you if you if you're working your ass off, then you're if you if you're working your ass off and you're killing it, well then you're probably doing something for someone else, because that yeah. office down the street is down two contracts. So you yeah. have so even though you really want to send your guys home, you can't because the CEO's calling you because he needs he's he's down however many contracts, and then, you know, or you have discharges that you haven't talked about. So this and that's the thing, man. Is it's 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 a long three years, um, or if you're in my case, four years, but you have to, you know, you just got to make, you have to remember that you're a human being and yeah. that's why you got to make your days fun. You know, that's why bro, I used to do some stupid antics, bro. I would just, bro, ACing, bro, I would make it into a game, you know, I would just mess with people. I would, bro, I would, I would stay, I would go to the mall, even though I knew. I wouldn't, bro. I never got an appointment for them. Like I never, I never found one of my fifty-seven contracts at the mall. I mm-hmm. never did. But I would go to the mall just because I would just mess with people. So I would, like, you know how in the like, in some malls you got like the two floors. Yeah, and then you can stand on the second floor and you can look down onto the first floor. Of course. So that's that's how that's how this mall is, right? So I would stand on the second floor and there was this escalator. And I would do this shit all the time, bro. And People would get, all the recruiters would get mad embarrassed, but bro, it shit was hilarious. So I would stand like 10 or 12 feet away from the escalator. And I would look down at like where you would get onto the entrance of the escalator. And I would, and there was a couch right there, like right at the bottom of the escalator. So I would yell down. I'd be like, yo, and the person would look at me and I'd be like, yo, you dropped something underneath the couch. And they would be like, Really? I'd be like, Yeah, you dropped something. And him, their girlfriend, whatever, oh, bro, I've had whole families of people just get on their hands and knees and start looking underneath the couch for something. And then I would just turn my back and walk away. And it, bro, I would just laugh my ass off, bro. And I would just do shit like that. Bro, I would just, I would just, just to make myself laugh and remind myself, just for a minute, I would take myself off of recruiting duty and just put myself in a minute to laugh. And I would do shit like, bro. I would pull up to people on the street in my car, and I'd be like, "Hey, man, you parked in a handicapped spot. You gotta move." And then they would move their car, and I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm just playing with you." And then I would pack them out or whatever. But I would just do some shit just to just to make people laugh, bro. Like, and just to make myself laugh because
0: I had to just get away from the monotony, bro. Like, and that's a good that's crazy. a good antic because you do have to switch it up because you get lost in that schedule. That's always repetitive mm-hmm. right because uh, i was a firm believer in backwards planning because no matter how you made your day on am chris and how how much you scheduled in and how many appointments you had for that day you're never going to go according to plan because shit's always changing you got a kid that you know all of a sudden his grandma died by the way a lot of grandparents died on recruiting duty that i realized man it was insane a lot of grandparents died if bro, you know what i'm dogs. talking about a bro. lot of dogs grandparents and cousins
1: bro my dog yo i'm on my way to the office but my dog just died i gotta turn yeah. around and go back I said, oh, oh I, okay. I would
0: I would come but my my grandmother is she's in the hospital she's dying I was like first of all that's kind of fucked up that you're lying about your grandmother but mm-hmm. whatever dude, you live that way um and you know you, you do get caught up in it so changing it up and thinking outside the box is something that is very important um and it kind of going back to what you said earlier is you know you gotta you gotta understand that you're human but also understand this. And let me know what you think about this because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you're on the same page as myself, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are all human. And if you're, like, think about this, right? If you're the guy in your office who writes contracts and you work your ass off and you're bringing in and you're bringing in business and you're bring, and you're producing and you work and you work and you work and you have taken the time out of your day to help the other recruiters in the office, you know, do their part. You can only bring a horse to water so many times and force it to drink before you're like, all right, you know what, fuck it. You want to If you want to do it then you do it but i'm not just Mm -hmm. do your fucking part so that way when you get off that duty and you're they put that ribbon in your fucking hand you know you did your part Mm -hmm. because when your office is still coming on saturdays because the other people aren't producing or that one recruiter just doesn't give a shit well at least you know that the only people who can look at you are the ones who say well he did was writing contracts only your fit rep will reflect and oh, and, it, but that's the thing
1: too, man. Is like and that you're everything you're saying is spot on because I'm I'm a believer in that too. And I'm telling you right now, whoever listened to this, if you're that guy, you're a piece of shit. Like that's yeah. like that's it. At the but at the end of the day, bro. Like I don't care, like bro. And people say that, and I and I I've been on this like new path of like enlightenment of trying to understand people and shit. And I, I really do, you know. I really still say to myself, like, hey, man, you don't know what they're going through. But this is the thing, man. I've literally seen people who whose children died on the duty who's like literally their wife gave birth to a stillborn child and they made it through the duty they wrote four or five contracts that month they still worked they still killed themselves for this duty because they weren't going to give up you know I, I've seen you know I have my, my one boy wife literally dude came home 10 o'clock at night to his house empty, and his kids gone and his wife gone. His wife took his kids to Puerto Rico, and just moved away, and didn't say nothing to, to that him. episode. Yeah, and, that, and that, the reason why I bring crazy. this shit, the reason why I bring this shit up is because, bro, there's people out there who really deal with some sick shit while they're on this duty. Like, you got people who, you know, who and, and they don't talk about it. You got people who are out there who are killing it on the streets, but you don't know their reality. Like, my one boy, bro, he, um... He went out there, so he um he was on the duty and uh, this is really fucked up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell this story just because I'm, I'm not going to use names or context, but just because it's fucked up. And this, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're listening and you're the dude who did this, you're, like, you're, you're a piece. So um so my boy, killing it, bro. When I met this dude, when he first got out on the streets, I, I remember his first all hands. He was in another office and I looked at him and I was like, bro, I was like, you're going to kill it. I was like, bro, you're, you're freaking, you're Hispanic. You're freaking. You're, I think he's Dominican, and Dominicans kill kill it on recruiting duty. I was like, that's just a known fact. Like, yo, if you're a, if you're a Dominican and you're not good at recruiting duty, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to. You, I'm just being real. <laughs> any, nah, any Dominican sure. besides my boy Cubas, like, and I always get mad at him because I'm like, bro, Cubas, like, you're 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 Dominican. Why do you, why are you trash? Like, you shouldn't be trash. But back back to what I was saying is, so. So this dude, when I met him, the day I met him, he's either Puerto Rican or Dominican, I can't remember. But one of the day I met him, I told him, I was like, bro, you're going to kill it. I was like, you are going to be a fucking heavy hitter for the whole time you're out here. And you're going to, especially the place you're going to, as like, I told him. And um, no lie, two, three years, kid, dude, dude killed it, man. And um, I remember, so COVID happens, right? And uh, something, ha- I don't know this part of the story, but something happened to where he had to move to Brooklyn. And with his child and he had to because of covid he was a single father and because of covid they um he had to move to brooklyn now mind you brooklyn from where he was stationed as a recruiter and Mm -hmm. where he was living in brooklyn it was like an hour and a half drive that he had to make every day to and from work right Holy shit. So, so now, but the messed up—that's not the really the part. So he was doing so during COVID. He had to be a stay-at-home father because the schools were closed, and he couldn't, he couldn't do anything, right? So he was still expected to TC, to make contracting. He was still expected to work literally from home while he was teaching his seven or eight-year-old son school, right? And and he was still doing his job. He was still killing it. And this dude, literally, someone told him, literally, someone told him, hey, man, it's I, right, bro. Kids don't really need you until you're about 12, so you're good. Like, someone literally told him that his, his eight-year-old son would be okay without him. He doesn't need him. It's okay to worry about work. Like, he, he don't need you until he's, like, 12. Like, they have proven that psychologically or some shit. Like, someone told him that. And it was like, bro, what are you, What? Like the idea that you just told a grown-ass man that his child is less important than this duty and that has the kid that he his only son and he's the only person that can do what's going on right now you tell him not to you oh it's not a big deal oh you can you can go pay for child care you can figure it out but we got this mission to make over here huh. and and the craziest part was we oh, we have a mePS that's in Brooklyn right mm-hmm guess how far he lives from the meps in brooklyn how far 20 minutes and guess wow. what the worst part is mm. he got to pass that bitch every day on the way to work and on the way home so you could have put this dude in meps cuz he w- he would have been great at meps and you could have done so many things but no one even thought about it and you yeah. know why they didn't think about it because he was a fucking killer on the streets and they knew if they took him off the if they took him off the bag that, that office was going to lose contracts. Yep.
0: And
2: you
1: that's... know what the craziest part is? That Step Marine, even after all that shit happened, still wrote contracts, still wrote bats, still did what he had to do. And it wasn't for anybody but his team because he loved the guys in his office. And it wasn't for anybody but his team, but who he is as a man. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just messed up, man. It's a, and that's what that's what kills me is that that's why, like, when there's those people out there who are just trash, there's a difference between you being trash because you don't care and being trash because you're just not good. Like, there's some people, bro, that just don't, don't get it. Yeah, that like just my, don't. Like, my boy yeah. D. My boy D. He just don't get it. But he cared, though. He would do. Bro, you could tell him, hey, bro, I need you to be at Meps. Bro, bro. You could tell him, I, I need you to drive five hours this way to go get a kid and bring him to Mets, but the kid got to be at Meps by five. would be there. He wouldn't, anything. Anything you tell him to do. Bro, I literally, I've had this bro, I had this dude buy pizza for the whole entire pool. Just like, hey, hey, bro, get him more pizza. And he didn't ask for anything. He literally, and I meant it like, as in like we were all going to give him money, and he just literally went out, gave, gave him a pizza. My boy, uh, my boy Ray, when his going away happened, this dude paid $300 for his plaque and nobody in the office gave him money. But, but that's who he is as a person. Mind you, they're all scumbags for not giving him money and they still haven't given it to him. But my boy but my, my boy D just was like, hey, he deserves a plaque because of everything he gave on this duty, I'm going to pay for it.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: he wasn't about to not let it happen. So me and him you know, paid for the plaque. And then they came to the house to show him the plaque, but they didn't give him nothing. But it's... but it's just people, man. It, it's And that's the thing, man, is that we're all people. And you, and this duty, this duty really, really, you find out who's a, who's a dirtbag. Yeah. You really, you really find out who's a dirtbag.
2: It
0: does, it does expose that. It's a really good point, you made, because you you get exposed. exposed. Yeah, you get exposed. Bro, if you're not
1: ready to get exposed, don't come out here, bro. Yeah, don't come out here. If you're a turd, if you get slime bagged,
0: yep. yep. If you're only good on paper, you're going to suffer. Uh-huh. If you yep, don't have if, no bro, you, characteristics of leadership, if you have
1: no characteristics, you have no leadership. You have no, no know how, no whatever. Like bro, people really quickly learn that, bro. And I and I was saying this to my boy the other day. It's like, and especially those guys who get kicked off the duty, right, for doing some stupid shit. I'm not gonna say any of it, but whatever. But like, there's some people who get some who are like they do some 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 fucked up shit. It's like you find out about it and you're like, yo, you're a dirtbag that you did that, that you would ever even do that. And then it makes you think, okay, well, this dude came out on the streets when he was in the Marine Corps for 12 years. So what the fuck was he doing for the other 12 years that he never got caught up in? Mm-hmm. Like, if this dude thought it was okay to do this on the streets, what what did he do out there? What did he do mm-hmm. when he was actually in charge of people? Like, this dude had to have done some fucked up shit and just never exactly. got caught up. Like, it really it- makes you think about it. It's the
0: nature of the beast, man, and um, it. But yeah. it, it's amazing when you find those people that actually do give a fuck, right? When it you're is. the guy that gives a fuck, you're gonna do anything you can because and you're not. There's gonna come a point in time where you're gonna write so many contracts and you're gonna keep giving a fuck that if you're sitting on a two that month and you're worrying about next month, you're gonna have. It's just what's gonna happen. It's the nature of the beast, but don't let it flood your mind. I think the most important thing that I think people should definitely understand. Is that just do your part, do your part so that you can go home. Do your part so that your team is suffering because of you. So that say it's because you that you're ma- not making mission. Just do your mm-hmm. fucking part. Because it's gonna reflect. It's gonna reflect on your APR. Maker's gonna look at it and say, Well, he wrote twice the Maker Standard, yada yada yada. But the most important part of this duty is just being a fucking genuine person. Work That's hard good. and just be a genuine fucking guy. I've seen <laughs> guys leave wrong. this Yeah, I've seen guys leave this fucking duty um empty handed. You know, no going away, no going away gift, just empty-handed, like, after everything they gave on this duty, the 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 mental health that they sacrificed, all the fucking bullshit that they went through for this and that, just leave empty fucking-handed, and it's fucking wrong, man, but it's, you know, like I said, it's the, the people who get exposed, and it's it should never be that way, but you know what, at the end of the day, like, somebody's always watching, and you know, they're gonna <laughs> get blessed later on down the line, and...
1: And it's but what like one of the things that I think is really really messed up is that a lot of these dudes kill it on the duty and they yep. give up three years of their lives, literally give it up, and then they just get a pat pat on the back and see you later.
0: Yeah, or just a it's handshake like, and be like, Hey man, how yeah. Like, like that's bro, not right. I
1: literally, bro tell me how like and this is some shit that really pissed me off and I had I had people reach out to me. So I got a uh, when I got off the duty, I got my recruiting ribbon, a NAM. In a um in a navy com. And these dudes gave it to me in civilian clothes, and I was like, bro, that's the biggest slap to the face. Like, bro, I brought my wife, my kids, to get my ribbon, to get my shit, and you couldn't even have a formation outside for me. Like, you couldn't even like give me one last ounce of respect. For everything that I just poured out for four years, you couldn't do anything for my wife more than a little piece of paper that said thank you. Like, bro, my wife did, literally didn't have her husband around for four years. And all you do is say, oh, thanks, Ms. Bennett. And then you can't even, and then you don't even have the audacity to wear your uniform to give me an award, which is a Marine Corps order. Like, you're supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be in civilian clothes giving an award. Like, that's just not how things are it's like customs and courtesies is a thing you know yeah like and then that shit killed me bro And my wife was like that's fucked up and then i had bro i had marines hit me up on facebook like bro they really did that i was like yeah like you couldn't and you knew it was coming like we talked about it a week ago like and the day before like you couldn't just throw your camis on real quick for a freaking for a ceremony to give a marine his freaking his awards his medals that he that he earned
0: yeah. Like, it just really pissed me off. And it's up. sad because it not only happened to you, man, but it, it happened with my last boss. He, you know, he was leaving. You know, I left. I left recruiting duty. Then he was leaving. He was he was the last to leave. Um, And nobody was really thinking about anything for him. So I was, I was like, hey, I texted some of the guys. I was like, hey, we got to do something for him because we can't let him go empty handed. Like, that'll be really fucked up after everything he's really done for us. So I was like, look, I'm going to do this write up. Okay, I'm gonna give you this write-up. I'm gonna put my thought and effort into it, and I'm gonna pour my heart into it. Okay, and if let me know if you're gonna make a plaque. Okay, be and I will pay you because this is I I you know I suffered with this guy, you know yeah. this guy is a this guy has a part of my life that I'll never get back because we struggled together, and so they ended up making the plaque, and they they changed the 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 write-up a little bit. Because obviously I told him, like, hey, add some shit into it. And so it started from there. Now, before he was my boss, I had another boss. Garza, if you're listening to this, just understand that I have something for you, bro. Trust me, you didn't leave empty-handed. He kind of left empty-handed because we were, this was during the time where we were gap two sectors. And we were going through a lot. And it was we were struggling, right? We're working every Saturday and Sunday. We didn't have a day off. Or I want to say, like, seven fucking months after that. And so him and I, myself and my old boss, old, old boss, we were, we would hang out, we'd go fishing, fishing is something that we just love to do. So, you know, we'd hang out. And then when he kind of left, it was, you know, he was, he was checked out. And I understand he was mentally checked out because the guy got uh, recruiter of the year. He got like fucking all kinds of awards, man. The guy had a lot of fucking rewards. He was a good recruiter and he did a lot for me too. Um, And it's just, it, 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 he was telling me that when he was up there, it was at a fucking Stab and CYC like, uh, training, and all they did was have him go up there, stand up there like, hey, give him it up. He finished recruiting duty, pat on the back, and I was like, all right, have fun. Yeah. And I was just like, nobody else got him shit, so I was just like, I'm going to make him a plaque. So, yeah, once again, guards, if you're listening to this, don't worry. I have your plaque still sitting here at home. When I see your ass in Pendleton, I'm going to fucking give it to you, all right? Um. So I made him something, and it's not a lot, but it was – it's a lot for me because it's something that's near and dear to my heart that I know is near and dear to his heart. So yeah, I'm gonna, like, you know, something bro, that's and, gonna and, be It's the same thing, like my boy. So I had this dude that was a recruiter
1: with me. His name is Bill. His name's Bev. And um, I hate, like, I literally hated him with every ounce of my being, and I mean that. And he knows that. But the thing is, is that here's the thing: I loved beverly right i love the man beverly stats aren't beverly nah, i'm good bro i don't i don't like that dude but me and him you know we we, probably play board games together we would drink together we would be the best friends when we were not in uniform but when we were sitting in the office together oh my god i couldn't stand that dude and um but it came to the time where he was going to be off the duty he was gonna be done and he was going out to hawaii and um I was asking the Marines like, "What are we gonna do for him?" And, and the, we we didn't have an we didn't have you know nothing. So I literally just was like, "All right, bro, I'm gonna go." We had like a woodworking shop. I don't know shit about wood, but I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna write up a plaque and I'll have the you know the IT guy just throw it together. You know, at least give him something from the first going away." And um, even though I didn't like the guy, like I, like literally, he's my boy. We're, we're we're boys, but you know, we had a huge difference of opinion on a lot of occasions. Um, fought a lot, argued a lot. Um... But at the end of the day, it was like, bro, at the end of the no matter what, that dude still gave three years of his life to a duty. And for him to leave here with absolutely nothing is fucked up. Of course. Like, even if it's, it's something small, man, with just a couple of words or a pit, something, bro. Like, it's it's, free, it's really messed up when people leave a duty, and especially, like, recruiting duty, and you don't give them nothing. Empty fucking hand. It's wrong. Because, yeah, and, and my thing is, is, like, bro, we have mad funds. Like, the command got mad money. You're telling me that you can't give each office like five hundred bucks when someone when when someone leaves, or like two hundred bucks. Like, hey, you know what? Go go make this on us, like something, or even like it's like why why? Or the commanding officer, like, bro, these dudes just sweated for you for three years, and you can't like you know say you know do something for them. But yet, when you got these freaking eighty four twelves who were leaving, or when you got these freaking these these people who were in ops leaving. You know, who just did three years. Like, when a captain leaves, like, the Ops or the EXO, bro, they're about to get some dime-ass award. That
0: yeah, like like $1, $1, for. yeah, like a $250 shadow box.
1: Yeah, but yet you couldn't do nothing for the guy who just sweat, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and lost and, you know, got a divorce and all this shit. Like, come on, man. Do this more is, for him.
0: This is why whoever's listening to this, just understand that, yes, yeah, it's just your job to do your job. It's your job to do what's on your mission letter. But it's not your job to please anybody. It's not your job to put smiles on the command's face It's just your job to write contracts so that you can go home. You look. You can look at your buddies in the face and say, "I'm doing my part. Let's work together." That's it. Nothing more. Nothing less. Yes, yeah, so, no, bro. Yeah. So, with that being said, man, let's 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 stray away from that now because I wanted to get into something that's a little more important because I don't want to take up too much of your time, brother. No. Yeah. Um, up, so. Let's talk about your podcast, man. Semper. Sometimes I wanted to ask you this question. When did you start Semper? Sometimes
1: June 20th of 2021. It's been a little over a month, a month and 11 days.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I started. that. Wow. I started mine in July. So you've been starting off. You're doing pretty well, man. You're doing a lot. You've gotten your podcast out there pretty, pretty far. And you have a pretty big audience, man. Um, what what was the purpose behind it? Like why what initially what initially got it out there? You're like, dude, I'm gonna start this fucking podcast.
1: So um there's a lot of things. So a couple of years ago, I don't remember how long ago, but like ten years ago, maybe maybe like eight years ago, I started a Facebook page. Um, and it was called a world of vets. Mm-hmm. And I made one post and then I never did anything else. And the purpose of it was to literally be the same thing I'm doing right now was to create a community of people, um, like-minded people, people that have been through the same shit, and just talk about things. And for me, it was a huge part of it was um, there's a lot of places for veterans to go, i.e. VFW, Marine Corps League, and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. But ask yourself this question. If you're an alcoholic or have ever suffered with alcoholism, are you gonna go to a VFW? Fuck to no. Go to a Marine Corps League? No. No. So absolutely not. So if you are a recovering alcoholic or a drug addict or anything like that, where do you go?
0: That's 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 a good question, man. The answer, is,
1: the, yep. the answer is the the answer is nowhere. You literally have nowhere to go because nowhere now to you're gonna go. now you're literally gonna be surrounded by that because if you think about it, like that's why a lot of those VFW members are still there because they can go. The VFW opens up at 9 a.m they give you booze until they close at like 2 AM and it's cheap as shit. And you all just sit there all day sharing war stories while you're obliterated drunk. So, so for me, I wanted to start a place where veterans could come and and just talk about mental health, talk about what they've been through, share their stories so that people understood they weren't alone. Um, because there's a lot of people like my uncle, my uncle, um, served a long time ago. He's an army ranger. And, um, He doesn't talk about it to anybody. He won't tell you what he did overseas. He won't, he will not. And he's drunk from the moment he goes to bed and the moment he wakes up. He literally the first thing he does is pull out a bottle of jack. Um, and I've never met the man sober. Like I don't know him sober. I've never had a conversation with him, not either inebriated or high. So it was for him and like my brother, my older brother. Um, I haven't spoken to my older brother in about four or five years, um, and he is an Army veteran. He's about to retire next month, um, 20 years in the Army, and he has like four or five combat deployments. He's lost friends overseas, and he just won't talk about it. Um, and, you know, it's for people like them who, you know, can't get their stories out there or don't want to or don't know how to. So I figured, you know, if, if I start off with just a couple of people um, and people hear somebody's story, then they might share their story and then it might just, you know, cause a trickle effect, you know, and then it, and another big thing that I'm, I'm really trying to do but right now, I've only done two episodes, um, but I started a, uh, a memorial segment um, because I really want to be able to tell the stories of people who passed away um, through the eyes of their family. So you know like one of my one of one of the episodes I did is called Pat's Purpose and it is about a friend of mine who passed away from cancer that was caused by the burn pits in Afghanistan and mm-hmm. um he fought cancer all the way up until his dying day and you know he graduated college with got a bachelor's degree while he was blind because he lost his sight um and so I do an episode with his fiance and his sister um, and they just talk about him, you know, they talk, his sister talks about him from growing up. Uh, fiance talks about him all the way up from how they met and stuff like that. And there's another episode where his squad leader um, talks about how they met and how they, you know, how his death affected him. And I'm actually about to do another one um, because one of his junior Marines reached out to me. He was like, yeah, he, you know, I was his, you know, I was, I was his Lance corporal and he was my corporal. And um, it really affects me to this day. So you know, so I really want to just be able to tell the stories of people who are no longer here to tell their own story um, because they're beautiful stories and because, unfortunately, they get forgotten. You know, they, you know, there's people that you meet on the street or people that you meet in, you know, your local town that you, you don't know where, where they've been. You know, think about how many times you see, like, veteran, you know. You know, I O F or O E F or You know, and it's like you see Vietnam veteran. You don't know their story. You have no idea. You don't know what that guy went through. Mm-hmm. And it would be beautiful to hear his story. You know, so that's really what I'm trying to do, man. Um, is just get people's stories out there. You know, nonprofit organizations, like you know, people, people, people buy into you when they know your story. People will, you know, people will donate to your GoFundMe when they know your story. So what I want to do is I want to have you know nonprofits on my show, so that I can explain you know I can ask you like hey what well, is nonprofit and we can tell your story and then through that hopefully more and more people will want to donate to your nonprofit, um and then just get the word out there because it deserves to be out there. Um mm-hmm. so that's re- that's re- that's really it, man. Um that's a huge reason and also just to change, you know the stigma. You know that's why I have you know a couple episodes with entrepreneurs. Um, because I want people out there to understand that like people who join the military aren't stupid. Um, and that there's actually a really smart way of doing it. Um, Marine Corps work for you. Um, and that you should use it as a way to open up your own business, go to college, not pay debt instead of, you know, joining the Marine Corps and then getting thousands of dollars in debt and not doing shit and then getting out saying, Oh, it was the Marine Corps fault.
0: Yeah, like, you you ultimately make your Marine Corps career the way yeah. it to be.
1: Yeah, like there's things that there's things that yeah.
0: happen, like bad yeah, things happen. Okay, I
1: get that. But it's yeah. not every, it's not all, you know, shitty rainbows, you know. It's yeah. there's good shit that happens and I and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to wanted to come on the podcast and talk about, you know, the bad shit and the good shit and um, mm-hmm. just, you know, and a lot of people like yourself and myself like, you know, we suffered through alcoholism and we didn't have anybody tell us about them. And, uh, yeah. and and to me, if, you know, and, and I get it, a lot of people are still in the Marine Corps, so you can't really f- fully share your story um, because you could kind of like allegate against yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's why there are people I'm going to try to get people who are no longer in the Marine Corps to tell their story, um, because, man, there's a lot of people who suffered from alcoholism, and done things they should have never done. Um, but they just didn't know where to get the help or they didn't want to because they felt ashamed about it. So that's why I wanted to uh, just bring light to these discussions and and really, you know, talk about it. You know, because like I remember having panic attacks in my gov. I remember having anxiety attacks in my government vehicle. I remember, you know, wanting to just drive myself into oblivion. Like I remember having those times, and and no one knew it because I didn't tell anybody. Um, so if you're going through that right now, just first person that's going through it, um, and that it ends. It's going to end you know, it's going to be over and you're going to go back to the fleet and you're going to love life and just take it for what it is and just learn from it, you know, and and just be a better version of yourself and and use it as a building tool. Don't, don't allow it to, you know, build, build your foundation on, on rock, you know, build a good foundation. You know, I don't, you know, if you're religious and you're you're not, whatever, but you know, you have to, you have to find a, a solid foundation. And that's something that I didn't have, you know, if it wasn't for my wife, I would never have made it off the duty. I would have never. I, I could not have made four years on recruiting duty without my wife. If I was single, I would have quit. I got a hundred percent guaranteed. My wife is the only reason why I made her off that duty. Um, and I don't even tell her that enough, but I couldn't have done it without her. Like okay? You need to have somebody that's there for you. Yeah. Um, whether it's like a pastor or a friend or you got to have somebody, man, you're not meant to be on this earth alone. No. Um there, there's got to be somebody, you know, to be there next to you and just to talk to, man. And and that's the thing, man. That's why, again, that's another reason why I started this podcast, bro, is because. And I, and it's crazy because I didn't think, I didn't think I would already be getting this much reach, um, in a month. And you know I, I really am, and I've already had, bro, I had some dude the other night reach me out to me at twelve o'clock at night. I don't even know how the hell he got my phone number, um, but we ended up talking for two hours. Did an did an episode and really just talked about how he was suffering, and um, the idea that I was able to to help this man is was a great was a great opportunity for me, and that's really all I want, man. It's not it's not about making money, you know. What I love to make this a, a a it is a business. I did open up a business. I you know it's a small business. What I eventually love to go further and have this be my life dream and my goal of my career, yeah. Um, because it would be beautiful to be able to fly across the country and go meet with somebody instead of having to do it over zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it would be amazing to get things published and, and get things, you know, have a full on studio, have a business, have other people who I hire who are also doing their own things like that. That's the dream. Um, in a sense, that's what I, that's where I hope to be one day. Um, but you know, right now it's just about spreading that awareness and, um, never forgetting where we come from.
0: Mhm. So is that is that a uh, that Facebook page is it still up?
1: Yeah, so my Oh yeah, the, the original one? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I I haven't gotten rid of it, but it's still up. <laughs> is it still the um, working it right now? Yeah, it's there. I just don't use it. I just now it's just now I have sometimes I have my Instagram, my Facebook, and I have um my um my website that I just did on Wednesday. So I'm so pretty much I kind of just decided a world of vets is now just simpler sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my way to do it. Because, I, again, like I made a Facebook page and I wasn't really sure how to go about it. And I never, never thought in a million years I would do a podcast. Um, but then I really got into po- listening to podcasts. And then I've always had people have always told me like in a weird way. Like I've had people tell me like I remember I was in Afghanistan and they were like, hey, Bennett, get up and read off this PowerPoint. I was like, okay. So I got up and I started reading out the PowerPoint. And then all of a sudden people were like, Bro, you've you've got a great voice. Like Morgan Freeman has a phenomenal voice. And you know, <laughs> you've you've got a great voice too, bro. And he they were like, you know, maybe one day you'll be a reader or something. I don't I don't know about that. And then one day I just, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, yo, I love to talk. I love to bullshit. And I love to just ramble on about random things. So why not just start a podcast? And then I just started the podcast. And, you know, here I am, you know, 30 I'm, right now, I'm 30 episodes in. Um, I've got an audience of 71 people um, and I've got like 2,400 views. So, yeah, I'm just trying to make it happen, man, every day. Like I'm trying to do something every day. I'm not. I'm not trying to do something every once in a while. I'm I'm literally trying to just make this a. I would love to for it to be my career. Like, I would love for it to overtake my life, not in a negative way, but in a positive way.
0: That's but, awesome, yeah. man. It's 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 done quite a lot for you because I see some of the some of the people you've talked to, and um, you're doing pretty fucking good, man. So I like what you were saying about the alcoholism because someone like myself who's going on four months of sobriety, it's it's not it's not easy, man. And I wish alcoholism was was more looked into, especially in the military, because as we all know, we're surrounded we're surrounded by it twenty four seven. It's like if you know a server, service member who doesn't drink, is because they either gotten out or because something happened to them that they almost you know um, jeopardized that their career. That they're like, mm-hmm. hey, this is why I'm sober. Same, I'm in yeah. the same you know same boat, and. Yeah. I, I even have an idea of a nonprofit organization for recovering alcoholics, man, because it's it's something that's so overlooked where it's like, Oh, you don't drink, you're a bitch. Like, no yeah. man, you're not a bitch. You're just somebody's trying to, to to look after their health, you know? And a, and, a,
1: and it's even worse because because not even that, not even like the, the bitch thing. Bro, if you were if you're around so right now I'm 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 two days sober, but I'm gonna be real. So like I don't believe and maybe this is like that part of that AA thing where you're like, Oh, I don't have a problem. I personally don't believe I do. Um, mm-hmm. I've my whole life I've been able to literally pick it up, put it down. Same thing with cigarettes. I can literally pick up a pack of cigarettes, have it in my house for three months, and smoke one when I'm just in the mood to have a cigarette. So yeah. like right now, I just decided randomly um, that I'm going to do 75 hard. Um, it's like the fourth time that I'm attempting at doing it, um, but this time I really, really want to make it through the whole thing. Um, but it's it's weird. The reason why I bring it up is when people are like. When you say that, you know, you, you're at an event or a family gathering and and you're like, someone offers you a beer and you're like, nah, I'm good. And then they're like, well, no, bro, have one. Or they're like, well, why not? It's like, bro, if someone tells you, nah, I'm good, just leave it alone. Just just leave yeah. it alone. Just leave it there. Like, unless they decide to say, oh, I quit. Or unless they say this, they, unless they decide to bring it up, don't bring it up. Just be like, oh, okay, man. Like, that's it. Because, you know, you have to be in a. I was actually just. Reading um reading this devotional before I came up to do the podcast with you and hop on your episode, and it was just this the, I don't remember what verse of the Bible it was, but essentially, and even if you're not a Christian, you this can help you. It literally it was just talking about like if you're in a group of if you're around a group of people who are not helping you be better, then get away from that group of people. That's like, crazy. If if you're if you're getting over alcoholism, okay, well then don't go to a bar. Or and unfortunately, if you have friends that can't be okay with the fact that you don't want to drink anymore and they can't understand that, then, bro, they're not your fucking friends. Like, that's it. You might have to just fucking excommunicate yourself with them. You know, it's like me and my wife were just talking about this because we're kind of living the same thing right now. Like, it's kind of going on right now. Like, I have uh, one of my best friends. um, I grew up with him. I literally knew the kid since I was eight years old. I'm 30 now. So twenty two years we knew each other, and um, when I was at staff NCOIC course two years ago, um, I left. I ended up getting my ass fucking reamed by the command because I I drove from Philadelphia. I drove from Pennsylvania all the way to Manhattan to go to a wedding overnight, and I wasn't supposed to. And mm-hmm. I did it because like I've known this dude for twenty two years, and I told my master, I'm like master, like bro, it's a family thing. Like I know this guy, like he's my best friend. Like I can't not go. So I ended up going and I got my ass fucking destroyed for it, got my ass chewed out. My whole command found out about it. I got in trouble because I left, whatever. But the reason why I bring it up is because I went to that dude's wedding. Wow. And you know what happened? Hmm. It's been two years since I've spoken to him. Wow. He's never met my kids. He doesn't even know their names. And it's and and but it was to the point where like I would still reach out to him. And he wouldn't answer or I would reach out to him and be, hey, man, how are you? He would answer like one text and that. So what I'm saying is, is that like there sometimes it really hurts to do it. But sometimes there's people in your life that you just got to be done with. You just got to be like, you know what, man, if you're not on this prosperous journey with me and if if you're not trying to help me get better, man, and you're okay with being in the life of you're in and, and and I'm not involved in that life, bro. And you can't respect my decision because of whatever it is, then well, then deuces, man. And that's that's what I'm dealing with. Like right now, it's I'm two days. It's this is the th- no. I if, I started 75 hard yesterday, but I think I had a beer on. No, I I haven't had a beer this week, so I think I I haven't had a beer since maybe like Saturday of last week or something. But whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's been like a week, and I already know tomorrow night I'm going to hang out with a couple of my friends and my wife's friends, and I already know 100% that both of their husbands are going to be like, bro, you're not really going to have a drink, faggot. And I'm going to be like, no, I'm not. And it's like, instead of just literally being like, oh, that's cool, man. Just instead of that, I already know it's it's going to happen. Like people, are just yeah. like, bro, bro, we're all drinking. Like, why aren't you drinking? Like, it's going to happen. But it's like, dude, if you listen to this podcast, man, and and you are dealing with alcoholism or any kind of thing, if you're not around people who are who are going to help you be conducive, then just get away from them. Yeah, you got to. That's it, man. Just and call us, you know, call call the Bennies. Like, yep. just give us a call and just fucking come <laughs> talk to us, man. We'll, we'll freaking hang out with you and drink some seltzers. Yeah,
0: man, but... it's, it's, it's important to understand to, it's important it's to understand to put your barriers out there because the hardest, the, or not even the hardest, the, the one thing I'd understand was you have to put your barriers out there. You have to let people know like, Hey man, look, I'm sober. I'm not drinking. Um, and they're going to be like, why? It's like, cause I just, I'm going sober, man. But you know, cheers for you, man. Um, like when you, when you, when you go, like, uh, that week without any kind of alcohol in your system, dude, you, you feel a difference in your mood, man. Like, you feel different. It's crazy. It's, like, night and day.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, definitely do. Because, like, for me, it's, like I said, man, it's not, like, have I had issues with, like, where, like, um, you know, I'll have, like, I'll, I'll have a beer, and then a beer will become, like, a six-pack. And then it's, like, I'm not an alcoholic. And it's, like, well, maybe on Fridays I'm an alcoholic, but the other mm-hmm. five days I'm not. You know and, and it and then you know it made me realize like okay well there shouldn't be a time where I literally am that inebriated like you know yeah, and it, nah. and it, it's just like there's no point in it and and it just made me realize it and you know and, and it's also you know I'm just there's a lot of things going on um, in life and you know I started doing this discipleship group and I started doing like God changed like all of a sudden all of these things happened at the same exact time in life I started a podcast about counseling and about mental health. And then literally, like, the next day, my old pastor reached out, and he was like, hey, man, I've been thinking about you, and I want to invite you to our counseling group on Mondays to be a part of it. And I was like, that's really weird that this is all happening at the exact same time. And, that's crazy, yeah, man. And, dude, it was weird, man. And uh, now, you know, I'm doing that. and You know, and, and you know, there was something I, I was listening to today, a podcast with um, Andy Frisella. His, it's called Real AF. Yeah, I like and, it. And... It dude his podcasts are great if you don't listen to him you need to i would love to do an episode with him but you know the thing that the thing that it was that he said i think it was yesterday or today that i was listening and you know i I started and it made it hit me like just smashed me like a ton of bricks because i started this podcast right Mm -hmm. and he's talking about his podcast and he's like listen man He's like, if you're out there on the on, on a podcast or you're out there just being your you and, you and you're giving people advice about mental toughness and you're giving people advice about being a better version of yourself, but you're still a weak bitch, then who the fuck are you talking to? Exactly. And I, and I was listening to that and it really made me realize, like, bro, that's why I decided yesterday, like, that yesterday was the day that I was going to start 75 hard because I was like, well, if I'm going to have a podcast I need to prove to people that the things that I'm saying that I do on my own,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: people aren't going to listen to what I have to say if I'm the guy who doesn't do those things. Because then it's like, okay, well, who are you, and why should I listen to you? You know, and and part of the reason why you listen to Andy Frisella and you listen to his podcast is because he he talks about what he's done and he's telling you about where he's been and he wrote a book and 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 you now have this affection for the guy because of what he's been through. And you realize like, wow, man, like that he's not just another rich billionaire. He's actually someone who literally started a podcast that doesn't have ads just so he can help people like that's a beauty in and of itself. You know, so when he was saying that, man, it made me really just really reflect on myself. And I was just like, I need to just be better. You know, I need to be a better dad. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better leader. I need to be a better Freaking host of a podcast, like I gotta give people quality. That's reality, not just content, right?
0: And it holds you, and and allows it allows you to hold yourself accountable. And that's something yes. that's so important, man. Because I wanna, I wanna take the time to kind of re- uh, reflect on what you said earlier about that, like Bible verse you were listening to. Because it's yeah. crazy, man. I feel like I'm, I'm a firm believer in things falling into place. Yeah. Um, and the reason I said because a while back. I was in kind of a rough patch, man, because I train, I train twice a day now, because I had just had to tell myself, like, like, look, if I want to be this person that I say I'm gonna be, um, then I need to be this fucking person. So I, I was just going on YouTube, because what I like to do, man, is like, after work, like, when I go and train and stuff like, and, uh, I'll the uh, the the Stairmaster for 20 minutes, and I was what, and then some reason this video was just there, and I was just like, I'm gonna click on it, and it says this, it says. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And it's mm-hmm. Galatians six eight through nine, right? Yeah. And the guy who was preaching, he was just like, "Look, I know you're tired. I know you feel like giving up, but but do not give up. Do what God has called you to do." And and I remember I talked about this on my first podcast. Like when I when I looked at myself in the mirror after everything I've been through, because everybody has a story. Everybody has been through something. Yeah. I realized my ultimate purpose in life was to be the person that my 17, 18 year old self would have looked to or be that person. So that if somebody else is struggling, they could see that they're not alone because they can relate to that person because yes, we're all human. We're all fucking, we all go through shit, but who are the humans out there that do not let their own problems validate who they are. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what that was. And I said, this is it right here. This is right here. In a, front, yeah, in a good, true. in a good podcast, and I want you. It I don't know if you have it or have not listened to it, man. Listen to Joe Rogan's podcast with Robert Downey Jr. Man, I guarantee you, you'll be like, holy fuck, man, because that guy, guy's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, so, I've been I've
1: been listening to Joe Rogan. I've been listening to like the
0: the Monta uh, the Marcus the one was really good.
1: Yeah. Um, if you would go, yo, if you really want to listen to some good shit, listen to um Dr. Thomas. He has a podcast and he has a YouTube, bro, okay. dude. That guy, man, I'll listen. I literally, if there's like a month where I stopped listening to music and I was just listening to him when I was in the gym, bro. Oh, my God, bro. He He goes on some next level. Like, he's a motivational speaker. He got his doctorate and he couldn't read. Mm-hmm. And now he has a doctorate. And he literally just talks about how, like, bro, I believe he grew up in Chicago. And he just talks about, like, bro, I couldn't read. I couldn't read, and I and I told myself I was going to get better, and now here I have a doctorate. I'm, I'm a doctor, and I grew up in Chicago in the inner city, and I had nothing, and look at where I'm at now, and it's just crazy, man, because your story does not like you said, man, your story doesn't have to define you, and the thing, too, man, another reason why I, I started the podcast, and I'm really getting into it, is because you, like the small group that I was telling you, I, saw, I went, I started going to in my church. It's a um, it's called regeneration. It's kind of like a form of AA, but it's not for alcohol. It's just for anything. So it could be like pornography or anything. Um, so it's a there's there's two sections. There's one, one group for women and a group for men. And you just go in this room and you guys just talk about what is you're going through and what it is you want to overcome. And I'm telling you, man, when you sit in a room with six other guys and you start. Excuse me, and you start talking like biblically and just talking about life, you realize really quickly that you're not alone and that Mm -hmm. you're not the only person that's dealing with sobriety or tobacco or alcohol or pornography or lust. Because the thing is, is the world tells you that all of those things are okay. The world tells you, hey man, it's okay to do all of these things. But your body knows that it's not. Your body mm-hmm. knows that it's not, and you, in your mind, knows that it's not, and you know you just keep telling yourself, nah, it's it's okay, bro. I just, you know, I'll I'll just jerk off one more time, and it's like, okay, well now it's six times later, and I feel this emptiness inside of myself, and I feel ashamed of it. But it's okay because the world tells me that I should masturbate. Like, bro, there's fucking things all over Google that are like, masturbating is the best thing you could do for your body. It actually helps release this, in the third. And you're like, oh, cool. It's good. And the reality of it is, it's like, actually, nah, man, it's, it's not. It's an addiction.
2: And, yep.
1: and it's just, it's crazy, man, because the world says it's okay, but the reality of it is that you yourself know it's not. Exactly. So, so and, these and, are- that's the, and that's the thing, man. It's just Everybody's going through something, you know what I mean, and and that's the thing that's the path I've been on recently is just learning and realizing that like you know, I used to be the guy who's like oh and and I still am that guy and I'm trying to be better about it, but I used to be the guy who's like nah man you you know this it doesn't make sense and I used to have, like my wife she has horrible anxiety, and I would just be like I just don't effing get it and now I'm realizing that like I'll never get it unless I deal with what she deals with I will never get it mm-hmm. and. And you have to realize that you will never understand what someone's going through because you can't, you can never understand physically, mentally, emotionally. You don't live in their shoes. You don't live their life. So you can never fully understand what someone else is going through no matter what. And that's what it is, man. Just, just realize realize that, you know, and just be a better person. And like you said, man, be the person that you want to see in the mirror. Like you should be looking at yourself every day. And that's the one thing I never did, you know, 30 years of being alive. I never, never looked at myself and said what can i do better and that's what i've been doing recently and it's definitely changed a lot yeah
0: so there you go everybody you heard it you didn't just hear it from my mouth you heard it from his all right and it's crazy benny i I learned a lot from you man because i you know for the longest time i I was trying to reach out and kind of find somebody who i can honestly relate to and probably this is probably one of the (laughs) deepest shows i've ever had man yeah man, some shit. This is a deep ass fucking show, and I hope whoever's listening can actually get something from this. And that's you know, all it is, man. And if
1: you get something from it, share it. You know, share his. Yes,
0: share bro. it. Like that's the thing, man. Is and
1: that it's bro. One my my thing, man, is just one person. You know, this this hour and forty five minutes just touches one person's heart, mind, spirit. That's all that matters, you know. And 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 what did it do? It was just two bros that that have never met. And I think that's the best part about it, you know, yep. is the fact that me and you have never met, and we don't even know. I don't even know what your face looks like. But and, it feels like I met you yesterday. Um, but yeah, it feels like you're, m- you're my homie, you know. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, that's it, man. You know, thank you for having me, man. I, I truly appreciate it. You know, I, I like. You know, being the guest on somebody's shit, you, you know—I never thought I'd be a guest on somebody else's podcast or even be on a podcast. But you know, it's a—it's—it's just, it's just great, man, and I'm happy to see other people doing what I'm trying to do, um, and just, just keep it up, man. Keep killing it, man.
0: Yeah. um, like I said, uh, for the longest man, because that is really important. You know, it's going to open a lot of eyes to people that you know want to go out on that duty that that want to, you know, do. Something. You, you got to understand that there's going to be a lot of hard pills for you to swallow, but you just got to take drink. You got to drink the water and suck the fuck up, man, because this is the reality of it. But just understand that there's also a time where you also have to understand that you're not a fucking cyber goddamn human, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, with that being said, man, so where, where can people find you, Benny?
1: Um, so I have a website I just opened up. My website is Semper Sometimes With dot com. Um, and then my Instagram is Semper underscore sometimes. And then uh, my Facebook, just look up Semper sometimes. And then um, on same thing as you, man, Spotify, Anchor, um, or anything like that. It, I'm, I'm on like seven different podcasts, um, apps. So just look up Semper sometimes and uh, you'll find me. And uh, I'm a local business that I just opened up in uh, New Jersey. So I am fully in operating business now. So that's exciting news um but yeah man thanks for having me bro i really appreciate it hey
0: yeah, of course there you go everyone look up his shit look up, fucking give him a follow live, do his podcast open your eyes like, you're not gonna be disappointed and if you are then hey maybe the no. but with that <laughs> being <but>, said <laughs> benny well i wish you the best luck endeavors look forward okay. to having you on the show we'll, we'll talk about some more shit you know we're the bad the ugly we'll get into stuff but other than that man Um, you know, I know you got family to go hang out with this Friday and you're two hours ahead of me. So have a good one, brother. All right, bro. Thanks. All right. Take care, man. Mm -hmm.